So, so what part of the brain can you guess our society has been living in for the past 12 months? Literally. And I think, I think five years from now, we're going to look back and we're going to go, we were all just a little bit insane during 2020 and 2021. And it's okay. Like God made us that way. Funny enough. Like God knew we'd be going through these seasons. And he's, he knows sometimes when we kind of have to hunker down, we go in the survival mode, we're, we're what? We're protecting our hearts. If we're not careful, we've already, we've already raised hands on this one. Those who are more prone to fight or the, the other ones who are more prone to flight, that personality comes out during these times. But here's what's even cooler. When we're in God's Word, when we're in His Scripture, when we're in fellowship with one another, His Spirit is flowing through us. That Scripture truly transforms. It's Scripture says what the renewing of our minds. And so let me just commend to you, encourage you, keep diving into His words. Keep renewing your mind in His words. So that's, that's why, that's my case. If, if I was pleading to the jury, right? That's my case for why we're in Proverbs for the last three weeks. James 1 actually is, is a fitting theme for this that matches why we're in. If any of you lacks wisdom, James 1, 5, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him, to you. We also discussed in the Bible, wisdom is not a thing. So when you're reading through Proverbs, it's, it's not just talking about a thing. The ancient church actually believed when Scripture talks to us about wisdom many times, and you have to look at the context of what the Scripture's saying, but many times it's actually referring to Christ. Christ sent for us. So wisdom is not just information. It's not just knowledge. It's literally putting information and knowledge into action. The action of living it out. God sending Christ for us. No greater time can I say that we need Christ. We need God's Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit, God's wisdom, His action in our lives than today. Week 1, we were in Proverbs 1, 1-7. through seven. Let me just read it as a catch-up. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, do what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple without moral direction and inclined to evil. That was me once, right? That was many of us once. Without moral direction, inclined to evil, knowledge and discretion to the young. And I think we were all young once. Then this part, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. So it's for both of us, the young and the wise, for understanding proverbs and parables and the sayings of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we, when we talked about the fear of the Lord isn't meant to be some horror film. Like it's not meant to be Amityville horror or like name your horror film, Freddy Krueger, like any of those things. The fear of the Lord is, is a reverence. It's a peace. It's a, it, there is a little bit of trembling in it, right? Think of when the angels appear. A lot of the people in the Bible like fall to their knees and they can't even speak. It's like there's this reverence, but it's not fear as you and I may understand it. It's like sitting before a judge who's about to sentence you for the next 25 years for a crime or he's about to let you go free. 
you have this reverence and this respect and you know this person, this being can change your life for eternity. To gain wisdom, fear God. That is the starting point. To gain wisdom, ask God. So we as humans, we're, we're so good at waiting until, until the wall falls down, until the penalty's right before us, until we see the blue and red lights in the rearview mirror, and then we'll stop and say, oh God, help me, <laughs> you know? And he's just saying, no, I, I, I want to talk to you daily. When he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, it was a daily like they hung out. That's when you think of fellowship, you think about asking God, like it's meant just to be a two-way communication channel. To gain wisdom, ask God, and he will give to you freely. To gain wisdom, follow Christ. Remember again, as we're talking about wisdom, think of the embodiment of God, like his word in living flesh, like him here with us, 100% human, 100% God walking among us, wisdom. Every single one of us, before we die, we're going to come to the crossroad of making this decision. Every single one of us, every person on the planet, and I don't know how that works with the tribes on the Amazon, right? But he does. And I, we actually have a missionary friend that's actually been down the Amazon that spent three years looking for the man of peace in the village so that he can bring the good news, right? Not the way the Crusades brought it, right? Not the way a lot of early Christian brought it with a heavy hand, but in peace, looking for the man of peace and love. 1 Peter 5-6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you at the proper time. Gaining wisdom often starts with us, us dying to ourselves and saying, Christ, I'm following you. Literally, dying to myself. If, you're, if your title is CEO of your company or president of your company or the man or the woman at this awesome job, like I know we have a couple of uh, men and women C-130 pilots in the room. I mean, I could think of no better title right at the moment on this beautiful day than to be able to fly in the heavens. But sometimes gaining wisdom from God is saying, okay, all of my accolades, all of my accomplishments, right? Doctorate in health and medicine. Sometimes it's saying I'm setting that aside and God, I need you. I need 100% your wisdom today. I want you to guide me. Humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We're talking about a spiritual humility so that we can gain God's wisdom. Week 2, Proverbs 2, 1 through 5, we're almost to, to catching up. It says, My son, if you receive my word, so if we receive his words, and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom, and you apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, talking about wisdom again, and you search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And what we talked about in week two was let us search for God's wisdom. Like it's an active, intentional, it's not going to happen by accident. Like, you can't just microwave it, right? You can't just like cheat for dinner and just stick it in a microwave. 
It's going to happen slowly over time. And you have to constantly say, God, show me your wisdom. You spend time in his word. God's wisdom protects and God's wisdom rescues. Like, I love this part. Because what is that saying? There will be times where we have storms and trials. Like if you're watching the news and you've been on social media, I've not seen our country in this much upheaval. It's been years, right? Maybe since the Vietnam Wars. And I didn't get to experience that, but I did have an uncle fly. He was a medic there. And so my family, my aunt shared stories with me what it was like to have someone serving in Vietnam but live through our country during those times. You know, part of it, my mom wouldn't even let me think about signing up for military because of the Vietnam War. I mean, it was like a, a don't even bring this up at dinner conversation ever again. I wish I would have defied her in that, in that one area, by the way. Just, just confessing. <laughs> but God's wisdom protects and God's wisdom rescues. Like, it is an act of, think again, it is an act of sending of help and the light and the way. This to me says, I sent Christ to protect you and to rescue you from even our own selves. All right, so today, Proverbs 3, 1 through 8, and I think we'll wrap up the Wisdom and Folly series today. Next week, right, Valentine's Day. Who's ready for that, men? Are you guys ready for that? Have you already like decorated the house and made big plans to surprise your, your, your lovely wife, your lovely significant other? Ladies, don't forget, you're supposed to take care of him also. It's not all, you know, it's a two-way, 100% for each other. That's how marriages work. And for you cynics out there, it's not just to make Hallmark rich, okay? It's, it's truly to love one another, all right? So if you have any issues with that, come see me. We'll do some premarital, premarital Valentine's Day count. Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. Turn with me in your digital Bible on your phone. Bible app, I love that because it has a lot of different translations in there. And usually I'll stick with ESV, NIV, Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. This is Solomon. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Who, who thinks that sounds good? Just a little bit of peace, right? Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust the Lord. Here's this thing about trust again. With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. He's saying, my son, do not forget my teaching. Right? The scripture that comes to mind on this is train up a child in the ways that they go, and when they're older, they will not depart from it. And I know my parents, like, <laughs> double claim that one, you know? And it's like, we're just going to bring the truth and bring the truth. And I remember every morning, it was so cool because my mom did not beat us over the head with the Bible. My mom, my parents were not the ones that forced us to go to church and grounded us if we didn't and, you know, beat us, you know, whatever. They didn't beat it into us. But every single morning, she was at the dinner table with a cup of coffee 
and she was in his word every morning. And on Wednesdays, she'd have a, a, another leader of a different faith come over, and they would chew on God's word, sometimes with the person with a whole different Bible and set of beliefs than what we have, and they would chew on the word together in love and in dedication. She was so committed and trusting on God's word, she lived it out. And when she had passed, I think I was like 29 years old. So we were young kids, five of us. When she had passed, I got her one of her Bibles. She had many with her amazing notes in it and her journal. And still to this day, I love to flip through those and read the scriptures that meant so much to her. And when I first got those, I was super happy and felt privileged and honored to have those. But I had no idea the treasures that they would mean to me over the years, right? And as I get older, as I have reached, you know, her age that she was, I get to go back and see, oh my gosh, her life was not perfect, but the scriptures gave her wisdom and she lived by them. Like I, I can reflect and go, she was a woman of faith. She lived it out. My son, do not forget my teaching. Train up a child in the way they will go. But keep my commands in your heart. So keeping his commands in our heart, it's, 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 and remember again, Proverbs isn't supposed to be this legalistic, we're supposed to abide by these, like, religiously, like we're going to die, ride or die on, on these scriptures, right? They're, they're meant to be wise nuggets of wisdom that say, hey, if you follow these, you'll avoid many consequences in life, right? If you follow these, you will reap the rewards, we don't lose heaven because we don't follow them. Like, we don't lose Christ because we don't follow them, but he's commending to us. Like, it's actually really good for you. I'm your dad, right, who loves you. Like, just put these into practice. Live them out. So he talks about, but keep my commands in your heart. Truly treasure in love. Like, how much would I hate to see? Like, if our house burned down, I'd get my kids out, I, I'd let the family get the pets out. No, I'm kidding. I'd get the pets out and I'm um, trying to save on our grocery bill. Sorry, too practical on that one. Um, and I'd probably go get that Bible and that journal. You know? It's because it, I treasured it. Like, it's got my affection, my love. And, it, and yes, it's just parchment and ink stained, Right? but the who wrote it and all the memories that came with it. Like, it's a treasure that I can't describe to anyone else. That's the way God, that's the way Solomon's pointing to his scripture, to Proverbs, about keeping those things in our heart. He said, I, I want you to keep them in your heart. It's a love. It's an obedience. Keeping my, my commands in your heart, it also talks about, it's not just knowing but it's doing. It, remember, we're talking about wisdom here. Wisdom isn't wisdom if you know all the rules, all the information, but you don't live it out. Like, that's not wisdom. That's just good information, good data points. Verse 2, let me keep going. For they will prolong your life for many years and bring you peace and prosperity. I think that one's obvious. I think many of us want to live a long life. Even if sometimes we find ourselves in the parking lot saying, and who, who's with me on this one? You look up in the sky and you're like, Jesus, I'm looking for you like today. Like, I'm ready for you to come back. And no, I'm not trying to leave this earth early. 
But sometimes I have those days, and I tried to tell my kids this when I was a senior. I just graduated high school, and I remember I'm in the parking lots of our church, funny enough, and I was trying to figure out, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I was really good at graphic design, but I had no, I had no desire. I had no like, obvious next step in my life. And I remember looking up into heaven going, God, I, I don't know what you want me to do. Could you just make it obvious? Sometimes we have those moments for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. He's talking about his teaching God's wisdom. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart. And it's, it's trying to say, if you're binding something around your neck, like I've been watching Ink Masters lately on, I think it's HBO or Netflix, and I love to see these, these men and women like doing these artistic challenges. It's made me want to go see, meet Slim Jones in town and go, hey, let's talk. Let's do something really cool. And, and, and one of the most boldest things you can do in a tattoo is actually tattoo all the way up your neck, Right? Even in the Coast Guard, you see a lot of these men and women with some sweet art, but they, they dare not go, because I think it's against regulation, right? Which is another wise counsel thing. But this is what the Scripture's talking about. Bind it around your neck. Why would you do that? So that everyone can see it. And so he's talking about, take my word, take my wisdom. I mean, don't take this literally, please. And tattoo it or parents with kids in the room. Tattoo it around your neck. You know, if you're going to do that, get a real artist and make it cool, okay? Something that you're going to like when you're 90. (laughs) So true story, I'll tell you guys later. I still haven't got one yet, and it's not for fear, and it's not for legalism things. It's because it has to be a real artist, right? And something that that when I flex my muscle when I'm 90, it'll look awesome. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking Tweety Bird or or, uh, Sylvester the Cat. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. So his words, his truth, again, renewing of our minds so that everyone can see because we're living it out. Living it out. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Again, there's something about this love or this treasure. My mom's journal. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And we talked about this last time. Like the church, unfortunately, is known, and especially in this post-Christian culture, we're known as what? That church is full of, and it's okay. It's okay. We are just trying to do the best we can to follow God's Word. And something that the world will never understand and to live by the convictions that He's given us. And sometimes they are going to be bizarre But because of Scripture, because of the faith that we have, we know that we can walk forward in His name. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And I believe that we can win our communities over so that maybe the H word will disappear one day if we actually say, I'm following Christ. His word is to transform me. It's not to beat somebody else up. It's just to live by it and love by it and put wisdom into my heart and my mind so that everyone in the community, when they see us, they can go, there's something different about that person. They even believe and do different stuff than I believe. And I, I, but I kind of like them. They even voted for the other guy during the presidential election. 
but I don't mind having coffee with them. They even look way different than I do, but I love it when they come over and have dinner with us. That is living it out, like following Christ, being a light. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is my favorite part. And lean not on your own understanding. His ways are higher than whose? Our ways. His thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. Trust in the Lord. So the word trust in the Hebrew says beta, B-E-T-A-H. And it is this. It's, it is a, not just a half, like jump on this rock. It's not just a one foot in the sand, one foot on solid ground. It is a word that describes cling on to this thing like your life depends on it. I think of the, the rescue choppers, you know, the Coast Guard, the swimmers coming out, and you, you're like fighting the swimmers. That He's trying to just get you into the basket, right? And what are they taught to do, at least in the movie? So let me, let me claim this is true because I saw it on, on um, Guardian, the movie, right? It's got to be true. They'll knock you out to get you into that basket, or they'll, they'll at least put you in a hold. Or maybe they'll leave you in the water to drown. They're like, this dude doesn't want to go, so we're leaving him here. We'll go get the next guy. But the visual is trust in the Lord and lean on Him with all of your understanding is that basket, that swimmer is your lifeline right at that moment. It's the only way you're going to survive the cold water of Alaska. And here's what's crazy. We as fearful humans, we are just trying to survive. We are in our frontal lobes fighting the person who's trying to save us because we're scared, because we're human. And we don't know. Some of us do. But some of us are still at that point where I'd rather fight. And I'd rather fight for my life because that's all I know to do. And this guy is saying, this man or woman is trying to say, no, just get in the basket. I'm trying to take you out of here. It requires all of yourself in the basket to make it out. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's what he's trying to say here. And lean not on your own behaviors, your own thoughts, your own prejudices, your own comfort zone. He's constantly pulling us out of those things, saying, trust me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. So here's what's cool. We had dinner last night from this linebacker of a dude who is Hawaiian. And uh, he came to Kodiak five years ago, just new friends of the family. And he's sharing, I mean, he is a big dude. He reminds me of Myra's dad. Like, Myra's dad played football in college, and he, he's a hoss. Like, nobody could take him down. And this is this man we we're talking with. But he is the most jubilant, funny, like, hilarious. Like, we were laughing our heads off all night long. So we're talking about stuff that's fun, you know, stuff things that we like to do, and then, he, and then he says, you know, but I, and we're talking about how courageous and strong this guy is, like, he said, yeah, but I have one huge fear. He said, I have this fear of heights that just, anytime it comes out, I look, I look like, you know, a kindergartner who's like running from his first day of class. <laughs> I remember, so this is trusting God, this is, and I, I talked to him a little bit about of our mountain trips, and so I want to share with you this morning this thing that we do in the mountains. So this is my oldest son, Blake. He's 23 now. 
actually 22, turning 23 this year, before we repel off of a 100-foot to 300-foot rock face in the mountains, we, we figure out who, who is it that's afraid of heights in this group? Because you want to be able to encourage them, and, and you can't talk a whole lot to people that are afraid of heights. That just makes it worse, by the way. There's no telling them it's going to be okay. And Blake's one of those guys. He's one of three. Matter of fact, the first time we went to the mountains together, he didn't make it over that ledge. Like he and another dude, while we were all getting ready, they were disappearing off the other side of the mountain back down the trail, which was actually scarier than the cliff face itself. (laughs) But here's Blake, his first time heading over the rock. And he's standing here next to Scotty Blackwell, who's been out here before. Whoever, If you guys did the Sheratine Snow Mountain trip last year with us, we went and dug snow shelters up there, and we'll do it again, and camped for a couple nights. Scotty was the guy who led us. So Scotty's telling him, you can trust your equipment. Like, you can trust this, and he's showing you, you can trust this knot. It's a knot. It's two knots that keeps you from falling to the bottom of this mountain. Like, you can trust me. I've been trained. And I don't know about you, it's easier for me to trust God than it is to trust the man who's been trained in knot tying. Like, I, I'm just saying, or the carabiner that I'm hoping was made in, like, Germany or, you know, somewhere where you know, Norway, where you know, like, it's been proven and tested. You know, not, not in, like, Amarillo, Texas, where they're trying to save money and, you know. So this is his first step. Next one. This is the part in overcoming your fears and learning to trust this man when you're first time over the mountain and you're afraid of heights this is the last thing you want to do is pose for a photo by the way that first step is the scariest ever and first jump he's midway here this is when everything in your body every particle within you in your mind this is when the endorphins kick in and you're like oh my gosh this is the best coolest thing i've ever done and you're no longer thinking about the carabiner. Like you're no longer worried about the ropes. You're no longer even thinking about Scotty. Maybe for a second you're like, I'm glad he did his job. You're just screaming down the mountain. So this is now his sixth rappel, fifth or sixth rappel. He's rappelling in the desert. And this is everybody once we're done. Everyone conquering their fears. Learning what it means to trust. To put all of your weight in right? To lean not on your own understanding. If we lean on our own understanding, and maybe you've been there before, you'd never go over that rock face. Because my brain is not trained or equipped to understand how carabiners work. My brain is not trained or equipped to know how a knot works. And so my process of trusting was sheer blind faith to say, all right, I trust you. And the fact that 10 other guys went over before me, I wasn't going to be the first guy in line in that. But this, Blake went over five times now. And that dude is like a cat scared of heights, like even still to this day. But now he does it without even thinking about it. We have a few of our Coast Guard guys in survival school right now, winter survival school. And some of them are scared to death of that negative 30 degrees in Fairbanks. Be praying for them. But they're, they're about to find out that their crew has the best in mind for them. That they've got the best training and gear you could ever have. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him 
and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise, and this is a warning again, in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I love that. It's like a father talking to a son or daughter that they love. Saying, I love you. I promise this is for your good. You can trust it. Proverbs 11.14, this came up in our, in our leadership meetings the last two weeks, where there is no guidance at people falls, but in an abundance of counselors there is safety. In abundance of counselors there is safety. There is no more difficult thing. Let me just share with you guys. I even shared it on social media yesterday for all of our pastors and churches. That wasn't just a, we are in tough times. You know, let's encourage one another in abundance of counselors who are in God's Word and wisdom. That's where there is safety. Right? So as we're navigating what to do during this pandemic, hopefully if we're coming out of it, right? Like I'm an optimist. I believe we're coming out of it. But with an abundance of counselors, we will be able to guide our church through difficult waters. Right? I even asked... God yesterday, just please part the Red Sea like you did for Moses, for our medical community, for our poor school districts, for the Coast Guard who's had to do things like 10 different ways to Sunday. And just give us wisdom to get through this time. Give us encouragement and love for one another, right? And, and join me in saying, God, please part the Red Sea and be, let's be done with this. Let's be done with this. So we are leaning on abundance of counselors. Pray for us. Pray for your leadership. I'm so thankful, Steve, you got up and, and boldly said, hey, we're imperfect and we will do better. As your pastor, let me say it also. I am imperfect as a leader of this church and I will do better. But I believe everything hinges on this, that we trust God that we lean on Him, that we don't lean on our own understanding at this time. Give us grace. Give us your encouragement and pray. Pray with us. Jesus did not mandate that we followed Him. He did not mandate blind faith or allegiance. He said, follow me. He said things like, it's not that the Ten Commandments were wrong. He said, follow those, but now I've got something greater. Just love God and love others. Right? The greatest thing we can do is love. Let's not get caught up in the legalism. Do you know what, why the Ten Commandments were given to us? So that we can know that we'd never live up to perfection. They were never given to us to make us feel like we were failures. And they were never given to us so that we could say, I'm making it to heaven on my own perfection. Because it's not possible. He gave us those and then He foreshadowed the coming of the King so that we would know I could not make it on my own. Who in here has not sinned in their life? I, I can't even hold my hand up. Who in here has not sinned in this last week? Right? But Christ said, I've not come because you didn't sin. I came because you did and you will, and you have. But I don't want you to dwell on that. I want you to know that I am the grace. 
like I am the only way and the truth and the life. This scripture, this scripture's for you. It's for me to examine my own heart. Like my mom, who I respect tremendously, it's not to beat us kids up. Because Christ said that if we would have done that, we would have done that with the Ten Commandments, right? Every time your kids get out of line, they go beat their head on the Ten Commandments for discipline. Like, that's, that's not why He gave us those. He gave us His life just to say, follow me. That's why He said, my burden is light. Right? I, because I will take your burden. Just follow me. Just love me and love others. Let's not do what's right in our own eyes. And I'm at the finish line here. Let's submit to Christ. Proverbs 3, 1-8 through 8 again. Hear it from that lens not doing what's right in our own eyes, but submitting to Christ. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, in your heart. He's talking to us as individuals again. For they will prolong your life for many years and bring you peace and prosperity. I talked with a poor woman who's lost four of her friends. And I couldn't, I couldn't get the timeline right. I think two because of COVID and two in recent years. And she's home and she said she's alone. These are four people that invested in her. Gosh, for the last 25 years, she's a rich history. They used to go to Larson's Bay to teach botany and teach the communities how to farm, um, which I thought, well, that's bizarre and relevant like all, all right now. And I said, hey, like... Can I pray for you? I'm so sorry for your loss. And, he, and at that point, she was even like, why, why pray? She was that, in that desperate of a moment with no hope. She couldn't see the light. So I, I, I knew. I said, oh my goodness, this is going to be a long phone call, right? Because it's so scary to hang up the phone if somebody doesn't have hopelessness. And I do trust God. I do trust that he's going to work no matter what. My words are not magic, right? I'm just a man who loves Christ. And so I started asking about our friends. I said, I said what makes Mitch so important? Like, how, how did you guys, like, what do you remember about his life? And then we went to Mary. And then we went to Walter, right? Like, I got to hear about the lives of these friends that meant so much to her. And by the time we got off the phone, she was celebrating in the life that they had. Even without wanting prayer. Like she was able to celebrate. And then we started connecting some dots. And she said, she, she asked that I had ever been out to the villages. And I said, well, funny enough, I've been invited to go to the villages with these new farming projects through hydroponics. Isn't that wild how God works? And she said, what, do you think I could share some of our, she's a botanist, some of what I used to share in the villages? And I said, we would love that. So I'm going to check in with her once a week. Right? Like, I'm going to say, hey, how are you doing? And just start to download some stories to share. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet and in your heart then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. 
Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The reason why I share that story with you is to say, sometimes living out this faith and sharing this faith is not always a linear path. Sometimes we don't know why things like the pandemic happen. Like we don't know why curveballs happen. We don't know why we lose friends and family members. But I do believe without a shadow of a doubt, I can trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean on Him and not my own understanding. If I trust in Him, I do believe the mountains will be moved. I do believe the Red Sea will be parted. I believe that through His providence and His wisdom, because this did not surprise Him, that He says, hey, just take one more step in peace and love. Take one more step because that's what my word says. You can trust me. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Just trust me and know that I have you and that I will work all of this out for my good, for his good, and the good of those who love him. Amen? Yeah. Let's pray and then we'll begin um, a moment of communion. Father, we love you. I am so thankful that you give us wisdom and you tell us we can ask. I am asking on behalf of our congregation, give us wisdom. Point to your word. Every single one of us, I ask that you renew our minds, renew our faith to put all of our weight on you is what Proverbs is telling us today. Father, you are at work no matter the trial, no matter the storm, no matter what's going on in our hearts. You are at work and you are redeeming your creation. You're redeeming each of us. Give us your understanding. Give us your way. And I thank you that you sent your son. You sent Jesus Christ for us. It is in his name we pray. Amen.